Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people on the shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and today we start with an apology and a clarification, because mm. it turns out that the Canberra cookers did not shit in the boot of a designated car while they were camping outside the parliament. Very sad. Yes, we were wrong and we apologised to the cookers for saying they were shitting in the boot of a car when really they were shitting everywhere else but the boot of a car. Absolutely. Happily, the promise of Australia's first cholera outbreak since 1875 remains live with cookers squatting here and there. It's impossible to keep track of where they are now and what and where they're squatting, but they are shitting wherever they go. We need a shit tracker like a hotspot at the cricket. There's a lot of shit going down in Canberra as we speak on this day, Sunday, the 13th of February. And we're going to take a look at where the cookers have been shitting when they aren't screaming pedophiles, pedophiles at empty buildings in Canberra. Yeah, here at the Conditional Release Program, we are trained to deal with a lot of shit, but this week has stretched our shit-dealing skills to capacity and beyond. There has simply been... Too much shit. So much shit. Yep. So we need to deal with every rancid turd that cookers have shat out carelessly in public places. We need to pick them up with our bare hands. Give a little sniff, you know, a little bit of a lick, identify them, and then, you know, return them where they belong, which is in Canberra. Yes. All I can say is thank God we didn't step in them, Joe. But here's some good shit. It's the birthday of a very special part of our podcast. Listener patron and one of two head researchers for the podcast. Sauce, at Sauce149, you'll find her on Twitter there. And she's having a birthday today. Happy bloody birthday, mate. Happy Your birthday, mate. All through this podcast. All and through. we wish you all the absolute best for today. Couldn't Thank do you without you, mate. Help Thank you so as much. As we go. But now we, we move on to more shit. There's a lot of shit this week, and we will kick it off in our weekly news. Now, in Canberra, it's been the truck convoy without trucks, but in Ottawa, Canada, several hundred big rigs have forced Canada's capital city to a standstill, closed the Ford Motor Car Assembly Plant in Ontario and Detroit, Michigan, made residents angry enough to launch lawsuits against protest organisers and brought noise pollution to new heights with infernal honking. Now, the honking for freedom movement is loud, triumphant and doesn't plan on going anywhere right now. The movement uh, has had a couple of wins, with polls showing the majority of Canadians wanting pandemic restrictions dropped, and four of the 10 provinces in the nations have already agreed to do so. That's Mm -hmm. Saskatchewan, Alberta, the smallest of them all, Prince Edward Island, with a population around that of Ballarat, and the biggie, politically at least, Quebec. Uh, and they've uh, signalled the end of mask wearing and vaccine passports. Uh, to be fair, many provinces have put in place some very tough restrictions, including limits on the unvaxxed to access non-essential services. So just going to buy some clothes is not really permitted. Yeah, uh, going to the pub, bars, restaurants, cinemas, etc. as well, you know, where you have to show proof of double-dosed vaccination. And... Uh, and, and and provinces have also put in place um, vaccination requirements, vaccine passports to travel from one province to another. Uh, Australia, with the exception of Western Australia, has largely moved on from these restrictions. 
And we always were going to. They were always meant to be temporary. And this is the thing that's so frustrating with this cooker thing. It's like, have some patience, you children. Because, look, like, okay, you don't trust the government. I get it. But it was always meant to be temporary. And surprise, surprise, not due to your dumb truck tantrum, but due to the fact that the pandemic is moving into a different phase. Yeah, shit's getting lifted. Fuck's sake. Yeah, look, look, but true enough. It is true enough that Canada's a long way behind the eastern states of Australia in terms of lifting those pandemic restrictions. Uh, Quebec, uh, which is now easing restrictions, had even toyed with the idea of a health tax for unvaccinated Quebecois. So Mm. uh, that was really, really interesting. They've had a major turn there. They didn't didn't implement the health tax, but it was something that they pondered. But like the Canberra convoy to oblivion, the Canada truck convoy was protesting at the national capital about restrictions that were put in place by provincial governments or <laughs> what we would call our state governments. So it's the same thing. Same They're shit. all there sort of honking in protest for things that actually can't be done nationally. Um, we've covered this story on the conditional release program, the, Can- the Canadian truck convoy, in previous episodes, including raising questions about the crowdfunding behind it. Uh, we detailed how protest organisers were able to get Eight million dollars Canadian on a GoFundMe. In fact, that's eight million US, I think. Yeah, I think it actually. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of money. GoFundMe, which was ultimately shut down. At that point, who's counting? Yeah, enormous amount of money, so quick. You know, it was done in the space of about three or four days. Bizarre. And in news this week, an independent US-based news organisation, Grid, has done some deep digging on the crowdfunding and found an overwhelming amount came from far-right political militant organisations in the United States of America. Not Canada. Their horrible horrible neighbour to to the south. Hell surprise. Uh, The the bad boy (laughs) to their south. Yeah. Yeah, Grid reported that funds were initially driven through and promoted by a Facebook page owned by an elderly woman in Missouri whose follower <laughs> numbers rose from the tens to over 180,000 in the space of a couple of days. The daughter of the elderly woman told Grid that the Facebook account had been hacked. And she said it in such a great way. It was something like, you know, you fucking moles aren't responding to my messages. You took my mum's account, you pricks. Like she was like proper hardcore. It was great. GoFundMe was shut down. Another crowdfunding fund was established through a Christian US company called Send Give Go yeah. that raised $6 million in, in very quick time too. The worst. And now we have discovered the truck convoy protests have been called for across the world in places as far apart as Johannesburg, Paris and Manila. And this has been driven by Facebook pages set up in, guess where, Romania. Nothing yeah, sus about that at all, Joe. No. Not at all, no. Now, how much US right-wing dough has gone to the Canberra cookers? That's a good question to ask. Mm. It's hard to say is the answer, but funds generated here with uh, James Greer's GoFundMe, uh, $160,000 before it was shut down, indicates a lot of unexplained dough coming in and nice and quickly. And there was also a lot of explained dough because they've got the little bit where you can comment about what you're doing and what your intention is. Yeah. Heaps of Canadians saying, oh, much love from Nova Scotia, much love from Saskatchewan, you know, oh, we've got your back from Toronto. There were a lot of people messaging, but that's the, not, that's not the dark money. The thing that's happened at the campground is that a lot of people have these pop-up kitchens and things with money that doesn't make any sense. Some of it's Uncle mm. Clive, but yeah, some of it could be some really dark shit from the US. It looks yes. that way. Yeah, it's all got a deep and abiding sense of hmm yeah. about yeah. it. Far-right Americans using political influence and cash to cause mayhem around the world. Mm-hmm. 
And we've always been told only the Russians and the Chinese do that. That's it. You know, when it comes down to it, I like my interference in elections to be done by the CIA, a neutral government body <laughs> right. that does Tradition. it in the old, old fashioned way. You're a you traditionalist, know? Joe. I like, it. Gonna, I like it a lot. I don't like it when people like Roger Stone, that smarmy little cunt, gets around with Steve Bannon and they talk in their little war room and they do subversive shit outside of the institutions that have made the Western world great by keeping the developing world down through election interference. I've had a gut full of this. This is privatised. Bring the government back into it. That's the traditionalist view of of election interference. It's it's the only way. The only way. Now, this is uh, all a little bit uh, fanciful because realistically, all boring participatory democracy has been kind of ruling the day in New South Wales here, Jack. Well, we did have some suggestions of interference and we'll get to that in a minute, but oh. predictably it was called Super Saturday. God, oh. his name, media, move like on, please. like a footy thing. Fuck off. What it was is really an, an entree into the super duper federal election in a day yet to be fixed, but will probably be the second weekend of May this year. Probably. Four New South Wales state electorates were up for grabs with the retirements of uh, Gladys Berejiklian in the uh, safe liberal seat of Willoughby, the former deputy John Barrels Barillaro from yeah. the National Party in Monero, oh, uh, the former Transport Minister Andrew Constance in Bega in the yep. state south east, and in Strathfield in Sydney's inner west, where former Labor opposition leader Jody Mackay had retired. Under mild the results stress. are in, well, most of them. A feature of elections and by elections in the days of COVID means more than half uh, votes. Uh, cast were postal, probably closer to 60% in these by-elections, uh, and those aren't counted on the night, generally speaking. Labor did not contest Willoughby, and while an independent candidate got plenty of support, the Liberals will hold on. <clears throat> the Nats will hold Monero too, with an 8% swing to Labor, the seat uh, that takes in the major city of Queanbeyan and rises to the north in the southern tablelands, and all the way to the south of the Victorian border. Uh, but Labor has won Bega with a big swing, almost 14%, yeah. and this despite the efforts of the retiring Andrew Constance, who was high-profile in the campaign, yeah. <clears throat> known as the Transport Minister, who's had a few blues along the way. Uh, Constance <laughs> yeah. will be the Liberal candidate. Uh, this is perhaps the most significant sort of federal-state connection because Constance will be the Liberal candidate in the Labor-held marginal seat of Gilmore on the New Ooh. South Wales south coast. And the Libs have put Gilmore in the bank in a federal election, but they can't take it for granted now. Constance, high profile in the, in the by-election, didn't count to much, 14% swing against. They thought, the Libs thought Gilmore was theirs, but uh, they might yet win it, but they can't bank it. Now, Labor-held Strathfield with a friend of the podcast, a mate of ours, Jason Yatsan Lee, winning the seat with a small swing towards. Yeah. This was seen as something of a mixed result, but when postals are counted, I'm fairly confident the swing will grow to about 3 or 4%. It's less than 1% at the moment. Well, yeah, look, it's, it's floundering around, but there's a lot of questions around the fact that postal votes were sent out in English, which, as we discussed earlier, probably had a bit of work with Jason correcting that situation because, let's face it, I mean, that should be rectified. But Jason is one of the most bizarrely reasonable human beings on the planet because usually if you get pre-selection for a seat like this, you are probably a shit person. Jason is an exception to that rule. He is genuinely fantastic. Listen to him recently on Glover, and my God, he's just so reasonable and smart. He's, and he's it, yes, he's that's he's, all I want. A, it's all I want right now. Decent person, good decent smart person. person. He's paired that up with being very very. Can intelligent. we have that for a while? And uh, and he's 
In his victory, in his victory speech uh, last night, he said it was not okay that he and his volunteers at polling booths were subject to a whispering campaign, and he's talking about uh, his volunteers of uh, Asian background, uh, were subject to a whispering campaign about you know PRC or Communist China's influence, yeah. and we can expect more of this in the federal election. And Absolutely. already, Defence Minister, uh, Defence Minister Peter Dutton has been out spreading malicious gossip about Labor. His connection with the PRC, with PRC money and influence. It promises to be a nasty campaign and proves to anyone who watches closely that the coalition is desperate. That's what it should tell Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Now you have to basically prove that you don't like the PRC. What, like by being some weird right-wing demagogue that hates communism openly? Like, fuck off. Well, it's it's, uh, it, 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 this is a, um, you know, traditional area, a traditional answer in politics. When you play the race card, you are yeah. desperate. And the coalition yeah. has every right to be. It's early days, but one of the things the commentariat hasn't spoken or written much about in the as yet fake federal election campaign is that the coalition <laughs> is facing a battle on three fronts. This is the really important thing for uh, watchers of politics to, to take on board. See, the coalition has Labor to its left. It has small L liberals in independence in the centre to fight off in a number of blue ribbon liberal seats in Melbourne and Sydney. And it has the cookers to the right, the Forum of UAP, P, uh, F- uh, Paul Enhance, It's One Nation, IMOP and Liberal Democrats, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, I, I, you know, I, I'm looking at polling that tells me that, uh, that the Libs will probably lose in Goldstein, Indies, uh, the independent there, Zoe Daniels, former ABC journalist and, and US correspondent, may well give Tim Wilson in Goldstein uh, the flick. Uh, Allegra Spender, uh, who's uh, uh, the, the the daughter of the uh, of the fashion guru uh, Carla Zampatti, uh, will face off against Dave Sharma in Wentworth, and I'd expect her to win. There must be money behind that one. I mean, Mum's got cash. There's another one, Professor Monique Ryan versus Josh Frydenberg and Kuyong. They're not without cash. They're, they they are in fact sort of the sorts of candidates the Liberals would love to have. If they were yeah. a, if they were a normal liberal party, and and they're and they're finding that these people are bobbing up one, they're they're women, uh, yeah. and uh, don't you can't tell me that the that women haven't got the baseball bats. Well, certainly, a good number of uh, women haven't got the baseball bats out for the Morrison government. And but furthermore, while I don't think uh, Monique Ryan will will beat Frydenberg and Kuyong, for, you know what it does is actually make sure that someone like Josh Frydenberg, who is you know one of the Liberal or coalition's heavy hitters, heavy national campaigners, won't be able to nationally campaign as much as he would like because he will have to go back and do the hard yards in his own electorate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, what it means is, is that a lot of these sort of um, uh, high-profile Liberal figures, particularly Josh Frydenberg, will not be able to be on the campaign trail nationally as much as as much as they and their party would like because they'll have to fight uh, to win their own constituencies and to win in their own constituencies and win their own elections. I, as I say, I think uh, Daniel stands a very good chance in Goldstein and Allegra Spender. I think she's, she'd be a mile in front of Dave Sharma at the moment. That is brutal. So, so that's just one angle. You know, that's that's where that's yeah. where the coalition is getting attacked from the centre. Yeah. Uh, you know, the effect of the three-way battlefront is already seen in polling with the coalition primary vote in sharp decline around 34% 
at the latest news poll, eight points down on the 2019 election actual. The sort of the the, the traditional thinking about the the coalition primary vote says it has to be 40%. It could could get away with with something under, but they'd need a hell of a lot of preferential support. And they've got to rely on preferences, which is not their forte, except for when it comes to UAP, which is not going to happen in fucking North Sydney. How many anti-vaxxers are there? Like three? That's how the politics has to be framed. The electoral politics has to be framed with the coalition being attacked by three sides and three battlefronts. And it's early days, but anyone in politics will tell you a battle on one front is hard enough. Three, well, that's just about makes the job impossible. The coalition is banking on winning enough preferences in the centre and to the right. And he's been wondering why Scott Morrison has been making kid glove statements about the Canberra convoy and anti-vaxxers generally, because he wants many to of them. whom openly want him panged. <laughs> well, that's why. Hey, look, you can... You know, look, uh, I actually do support your hanging me policy. Um, but, <laughs> just but, give uh, you preferences. If you, just, if you just pop me number two or number three in the preference when you do cast your vote, then we can, you know, we can, we can sit down and talk about the hangings. Then. Just anywhere before Labor and we can talk about your hanging policy because <laughs> yeah, it's got okay. it's got real merit. It's got real merit. And, look, I've got a great neck. Well, one so of the things I will say about the climate what, change uh, tickets, they're well-funded, they are well-organised, and they are the kind of people you don't want to fuck with because they know exactly they're doing you've got these independents who rock up and say i'm a local no one cares but these are well polished organized machines and they're not going to stop here they're going to continue trying to take key strategic seats and they are going to be a force to be reckoned with and climate change has been ignored by a very comfortable set of politicians for a long time and now a bunch of people with a bit of money and a bit of influence who think that maybe climate change is real are about to fuck things up so the next two election cycles are something to watch when it comes to climate change. And it's not too late yet. Well, it maybe is. We are going to report on this a fair bit because that is exactly right, that the Liberal Party has moved ideologically away from the centre. This is the reflection of mm-hmm. it. And so those smaller Liberals who appeal to voters in the centre in these blue ribbon seats are going to get a lot of support. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, but anyway, that's why Scott Morrison is saying, <laughs> look, you know, I know you want to hang me and all, but if you could but, just yeah. pop the number two uh, <laughs> next to the Liberal box, I'd be very, very pleased. And that no one said politics was supposed to be about principle. And speaking of people with no principles, Jack, the Canberra Cook has told the good people at Lifeline that saving lives in crisis didn't really matter as much as marching around Canberra and yelling pedophile buildings. And look, I, I agree with the cookers on this one. I also hate buildings because pedophiles <laughs> live in them. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's buildings right. are do. the worst. That's you can't they, argue that. You can't argue that. those pedophiles. Yeah, they, yeah, they look, are hiding them behind their bricks. Look, the cookers in Canberra, hand on heart, said, oh, look, we'll move on. You know, oh, yeah, no, we wouldn't want to, uh, you know, get in the way. We'll leave the epic park center as of last thursday they said oh like, yeah. well, 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 well that was february yep. 10 and we'll yep. make way for the lifeline book fair you know How'd that go lifeline for those who don't know <laughs> and it can't be many even among cookers no. is a volunteer organization that assists and, and offers counseling to people suffering serious mental health issues including suicide ideation yep and the lifeline book fair in canberra is the organization's biggest fundraiser one of our patrons is actually a, uh, a lifeline uh, phone volunteer i won't say her name just in case it's an um, unlimited reasons very very important work but of course the cookers were lying they had no intention of moving on mm. and they lie all the fuck time and they refused to budge and after abuse was directed at visitors and lifeline volunteers on friday with cookers pushing fences over around epic the book fair event had to be cancelled yeah i mean basically what happened was they had you know 
a, a decent event on Friday, but it was marred with issues. And the idea of going further was just impossible. Then the cookers just went, oh, no, actually, we're just going to occupy the land you've taken. Book volunteer, like Lifeline volunteers have been making boxes of organized books to take to this book fair. What are they going to do? Get a Kennard's uh, self-storage facility to take this? The implications of this are so much wider than just they lost a bit of money. It's going to cost them money. It's not even just losing the revenue. It's going to cost them a fortune. And I just, I'm so pissed off at this. Yeah, look, we all know uh, Cooker's a self-obsessed gag, but this was a new low. Um, In some good news, Lifeline has sought public donations, which have been well supported by Australians generally and may yet hit the organisation's goal of a million. Uh, The ACT governor's pleased 25 grand. And none of this... There's any thanks uh, that we could actually thank the cookers no. for. They might Fuck just it. get their money. What we'll actually do is pop the uh, the donation link up on the ship posting page. So we are, and we ask listeners to throw uh, Lifeline a bit of coin. You know that would be good. I mean, look, I haven't seen any indication toward like from cookers whether it be on telegram or their facebook groups or just anywhere that they are saying we should donate to lifeline to make up for this no one's doing it because they don't give a fuck they do not give a fuck but if graham hood told them to they would but graham hood's not telling them to because they don't give a fuck yeah they 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 actually appropriate suicide for their arguments you know Mm -hmm. particularly in regard to lockdowns and so forth you know and then when it comes to the real business of suicide prevention which lifeline is a major contributor Oh, you guys can go and get fucked. You know, yep, we, we'd like to we'd like to get drunk and smoke meth and fucking have a have a knee trembler on the back of a fucking balina. You know? They genuinely don't care about suicide, and yet they use it. They're probably talking about it right now in a corner of some weird farm that never asked for them, treading <laughs> in human excrement, and generally, you know. <laughs> Always the shit, Joel. Always the shit. In other related matters of shit fuckery from Cookers in Canberra, the Capital Farmers Market scheduled uh, at Epic was also cancelled. Scheduled for today, actually. 13th of Feb. Thousands of dollars of fresh produce is likely to be lost following the sudden cancellation of the popular farmers market. uh, The market, run by the Rotary Club of Hall, attracts over 100 uh, stall holders each week who bring freshly grown and picked produce produce from uh, across the region to the market. Just like Lifeline, hardworking Aussie farmers were told to go and get fucked. Yep. It was more important that Fanos Paniedis could spread his wild bullshit about <laughs> 5G state surveillance or Monica yeah. could babble about Jesus or Ricardo Bozzi could make vague plans of mass murder. Yeah, they, they love it. So these motherfuckers prattled on about the farmers so hard for so long and they are the same motherfuckers. Let's not even pretend they aren't. And it was all just nationalist bullshit. It was just that Aussie flag waving nonsense. When it came to the crunch, the farmers came second best to anti-vaxxers who just wanted to have a big old roadshow of tantrums. But we will be taking a long, hard look at the behavior of these brain-dead clowns in the latter part of the program, so we're not going to get too tied up here. And I already feel my blood is boiling. But about Mm, the only good thing we can say about this is we now know who the worst people in Australia are and they are all in the one place. It makes me wonder, Joel, just a fantasy, and I'm entitled to it. Maybe a strafing run, a bit of yeah. 50 calibre practice uh, for the RAAF, you know, now that we've got them all up. in one place. Maybe the cookers can get the Valkyrie playing on the PA for the Atmos. It's very Ricardo Bozzi of you, Jack. I'll do anything for you. And today's conditional release program is proudly brought to you by the Kanga Gurus drug dealer, as seen on the Gurus Live last Saturday night. 
It's a good drop, the guru said last night, giving the crystal meth from his dealer the thumbs up to a small but easily persuaded audience on his Insta Live. And yep. listeners, if you've had a long, hard day yelling at buildings, shrieking for violent insurrection, making casual references about mass murder of thousands of innocent people, why not sit back and hit the pipe with some quality gear from the guru's drug dealer? We know who he is now, for, so that's good. Yeah, we've had a good side of him. For as little as $60 that you've grifted from the terminally gullible, you can be off your trolley, ideating terrorist outrages, babbling redundantly and warding off COVID symptoms, which don't seem so bad now. There's a hacking cough, but the ice is really cutting through the build-up phlegm. Maybe methamphetamine is a cure, just like the old horse paste. Maybe we should get everyone on it and charge the Aralumla tomorrow at dawn, redundant, redundant, redundant. Warning, listeners, the guru's drug dealer's meth is very Moorish. Mm. You won't be able to say no. The people's meth. Once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> the people's meth is available only from the guru's drug dealer. Last seen at Epic, but he does deliver for a modest fee. Get around it, listeners. I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... within. And with the car-measured views of authority in all matters constitutional, Phanos the Manos, Panaides, reverberating in our cochleas, it means it's time for which black pill fuckwit said that. And if you're successful in today's which black pill fuckwit said that, Joel, you'll be sitting back on a banana lounge right next to Kangaguru David Graham and taking hits on his meth pipe. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, give it a wipe down before you stick it in your gob, <laughs> Joel. Maybe a breath mint or two afterwards. Since it's it's a pandemic of that sort all. of stringy saliva. Give that a wipe away. Way. Yeah. That's my advice. Uh, the guru has been hitting the pipe hard of late. Are you ready, Joel? Yes, of course. This question comes fresh from the mind of listener Ben. G'day, Benny. Let's do it. Who said this? Not only do we have the DC jail, which is the DC gulag, but now we have Nancy Pelosi's Gaspacho police spying on members of Congress, spying on the <laughs> legislative work that we do, spying on our staff and spying on American citizens. It's That's really hard spying. to read that without laughing. The yeah, Gazpacho police. My God, so they're good. coming. They have chilled tomato soup. Yeah, I know. It's too cold. It's too <laughs> cold. <laughs> Was it? Who said that? Was it? The soup Nazi, as seen on Seinfeld, played by actor Larry Thomas. What a guy. Yeah. Uh, Was it? Founder of the Campbell Soup Company, Joseph A. Campbell. Niche. Or was it Georgian congresswoman renowned for her chicken and spring vegetable soup recipe, which you can find on her website, no coloreds, please, Ooh. Marjorie Taylor Greene? Or was it drowning in a bowl of clam chowder because he forgot to take his meds again, Eric Trump? Let's face it, this is easy at the best of days, but of course I do know it. Thank you, Mark Southcott, for making this work. It's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Ah, well done, Joel. Yes, excellent work. Excellent reading through the week, by the way. It's hard to <laughs> listen, isn't it? Yes, the damn those Gazpacho police. They're the worst. Mark sent me this on Facebook and I was like, this is going to be in Blackville Fuckwick because you sent this to Jack, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it did do the rounds, but I just wanted to see because it's just so funny. You know, the consomme cops, the Gazpacho police. She, of course, <laughs> the Gestapo, but, you know, 
Uh, I noticed even uh, Donny Trump Jr. was was out there saying, "Oh yeah, you're all you're all just laughing at her because she just got a word wrong." You know, oh, I don't know about that. You know, I think she actually no. does think there's gazpacho police out there. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in her brain. Let's, there's let's a not lot going minimize on. This was, her this, trauma. This was the this was the woman who said, "You know, we won't speak Spanish in schools." By the way, and now yeah. she's talking about bloody gazpacho soups. You know, Jesus spoke English, and why can't we be consistent, Marge? She's She's fantastic. She just she just keeps us going all through the through the program. She really does. God, lo- God only knows what we'd do without her. <laughs> all right. Quote two. After a series of conflicts and those that discover they've been grossly betrayed, many people they kill themselves and their kids. Jesus. The shock was too great. They looked in the mirror and they thought, Oh my God, what have I done? And they just committed suicide in droves both themselves and their kids. Was it? Try the low-cal Kool-Aid if you're watching your weight. Jonestown's one and only, Reverend Jimmy Jones. Was it? It doesn't matter if those Nikes aren't a perfect fit. Just hack your nuts off already and stop whining. Heaven's Gates, <laughs> Marshall Applewhite. Did a bit, and a bit of ball lopping off, you know, a bit of castration. Anyway, if the Bible, or was it, if the Bible teaches us anything, it's that I am Australia's Idi Amin, Ricardo Bozzi, mm. or was it, I don't like the FBI much, but they do play, play nice tunes at 3 o'clock in the morning. Branch Davidian's David Koresh. These okay, boots are I, made for walking. I don't actually know this one, and you were saying that I might know the second one, and I don't, but I'm going to go with Bozy because he's an inflammatory piece of shit. Hooray! Oh, yes, who else could just casually talk about parents murdering their children? You can refer to it as suicide, but when you're actually killing your children, you can't commit suicide and then go and kill your children. No, you've got to kill your children first. That's the murder part. There's and a word then you for go it. and commit suicide. Yeah. So he was yeah. trying to talk it down, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I did want to briefly mention uh, David Koresh. Uh, the FBI used to put these powerful speakers up alongside the camp, on the camp building uh, where the Ranch Davidian were, and they'd yeah. play Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Are Me For Walking uh, at 3 amazing. o'clock in the morning and just keep cranking it up. Just to I'm still quite bit. offended by the fact that at Camp X-Ray, you know, like Gitmo, they would play uh, Metallica and Nine Inch Nails, and they singled out March of the Pigs as one of the songs. Now, okay, I wouldn't like the fluoro lights, and I wouldn't like the ball torture, but if you stuck me in a room and just had March of the Pigs playing on repeat, I tell you what, I'm in fucking heaven. All the, the only thing is, <laughs> I just want you to play the live version now and then, because I think the studio <laughs> version is a yeah. little bit slapdash. Hey. Need to get a bit of feedback. Yeah, rock out yeah. with your cock out. All right. Quote <laughs> <coughs> uh, three, you're two for two, Joel. You're just about yeah. to just collect that crap mm. pipe or that meth pipe and just with a bit of string of uh, saliva from uh, from the kangaroo. It'll do some fucking wonders my post-COVID uh, fatigue. Okay, here we go. Joe Rogan is an interesting and popular guy, but he's got to stop apologising to the fake news and radical left maniacs and lunatics, unquote. What was it? Still drowning in a bowl of clam chowder because he forgot to take his meds again, Eric Trump. (laughs) Was it? The dad Eric loves, and we know it's reciprocal, from all the beatings he doles out to Eric, beatings out of love. Oh, of course. Donald Trump Sr. It's good for him. Was it sitting back chilling in his mansion at Palm Beach, Florida? There's someone at the door. Don't worry. It's just another subpoena. <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. Or was it trying to prevent, pretend she's not a Trump? Look at my kepi. Would a Trump wear that? Ivanka Trump. Ooh, I'm going to go straight for Daddy Trump. 
Yeah, it's his Take speaking voice. It's that's, that's how he speaks. From the, from the guru's pipe, man, you just got three for three. Absolutely. I'm not sleeping tonight, and nor did I plan to. <laughs> now we ask listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid said by Black Bill Fugwits. We want your input, listeners. If you've recently come across something that's something posted that is so odd, so bizarre, that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. We'll send you a stubby holder and some assorted TCRP tatter. If you make our lives easier and send Jack a quote, we can use on the show. And we remind listeners the conditional release program stubby holder is the only stubby holder clinically proven to keep drinks cold. And furthermore, the conditional release program is an accepted cure for pink eye, sometimes known <laughs> as conjunctivitis, but not by cookers because there are way too many syllables. Yes, listeners, if you've got a bad dose of pink eye, the conditional release program stubby holder uh, just grab it, simply apply the stubby holder to your eye and give it a firm wipe, dislodging all that ice knot, which cookers like to eat. <laughs> Eating and drinking almost at once, you Fuck. know. Win-win. That's, That's what the conditional release program stubby holder brings to the table. That was not nice. We asked listeners to drop us a line if they want to contribute to which Bill Buckwood said that. I can't get past that. Um Mark the attention of Jack. So, like, bury the quote. Like, you know, don't let me see it because I can see the email address at the conditional release program at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. And now we bring you a brand new segment of people who have learned absolutely everything they read in a quick flick through a textbook in 17th century maritime law. They're subsets and, and they're on a collision course with reality and a concept totally bizarre to them. Consequence mm-hmm. in this week's subsets v. the man. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what? As garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor. And you're going to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you. That's what I'll go with. Are you an officer of the Crown, Joel? No. It's really easy. And there's a free polo shirt. Double your wardrobe. Um, all, all you have to do is complete a form on Wayne Glue's website and you're away. Hey. You know, just yeah. have to fill it in. Yeah. I, Joel Hill, off we go. Wayne Glue, fend it and send it off to Wayne. And all of a sudden, you're an officer of the Crown, able to leap high buildings. I think it's tall buildings. But anyway, able to leap tall buildings and arrest duly elected premiers, allegedly. Oh, about time. For those who came in late, Wayne Glue. The Snapping Turtle is the godfather of the soft-sit free man on the land movement based in Geraldton's W uh, in Geraldton in WA's Wheat Belt. A free man, Wayne, was lolling around in his caravan. In his van <laughs> down by the river. And down by the river. Because his house was taken from him. <laughs> what uh, yes, yeah, uh, down Why? by the river where he lives on his sister's property in his singlet and shorts when the wallopers arrived. Oh, dear. I'm an officer of the Crown. Now, I know because I am one. So you have no authority. So please, please move the vehicle. The paperwork is coming in. You'll show me what we've got. You have, don't have any paperwork, which is lawful. Queen. I know who state security are. They've yep. been monitoring my computer and my phone for ages, yep. and I gave them yep. access. Yep. So you have no authority on this property. Good morning, Mr. Glue. My name's Jeff Foley from the State I'm Security not Investigation Mr. Glue. Group. I'm not Mr. Glue. My name is Wayne. Okay, Wayne. As ruled by the Supreme Court. Cool. There's your copy of the search warrant, Wayne. At this what? point in time, you're under arrest, under suspicion I'm of incitement not under arrest to commit for indictable offence. Indictable offence of what? Incitement to commit indictable offence. Of what? Deprivation of liberty. Of who? At this point in time, you're under arrest. For what? Okay. Incitement no. to commit indictable Depriva- offence. Do you have the evidence there? No, that's a copy of your search warrant. 
Okay? Hang on a sec. Because this is nonsense and you know it. This is an attempt to shut me up from teaching the truth. No, not at all. Yes, it is. Where's the... Hang on. Let's go with him, Lewis. Well, you can take it and go. That's not signed by anybody. Okay. It's not signed by anybody and you know it. The copy of the search warrant isn't signed by the JP, it's blacked out. I've got the original copy of the search warrant, which Where is, is signed it? by the Justice of the Peace. Where is it? In the car. Can okay. I have a look, please? No, that's your copy. That's what you're entitled to have. <laughs> no, no. Okay. All right, we're going to do a search warrant. You're on <coughs> so I'll get you to come with me, please. So that no, 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 no. Now, I've watched the vid maybe 20 times, and it never loses its appeal. The old turtle sticks to his guns and trots out the hard black letter pseudo-law from a textbook he once looked at on 17th century Portuguese maritime law with such hard-hitting pseudo-legal responses as, Are you an officer of the Crown? I know because I am one. (laughs) He must have filled out his his own form on Facey. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. You fill out your own form. It's good. Hey, he's not wearing a polo there. He's in a singlet. No, no sorry. Yeah. Undercover. He's undercover. <laughs> he's got his undercover kid on. You have no authority, so please remove your vehicles. You don't have any paperwork that is lawful. Yeah. Showing a search warrant, the tool came back with, this is not signed by anybody. And you know it. <laughs> Told he was under arrest, he replied with the solid legal argument of, for what? It's great, yeah. Incitement to commit indictable and an indictable offence, he's told. He goes, of what? Deprivation of liberty, he's told. Of who? Of what? Like he doesn't know. <laughs> it's that kind of sharp, on-your-feet legal manoeuvring. Wayne Glue is famous for the same brilliant mind that saw him lose his property over a multiple legal action uh, legal action claim based on the sausage horseshit he didn't have to pay council rates, and that's why he's living at his sister's place in a van down by the down river. By the river. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he just he thought oh, he was so travelling beautiful, beautifully well. It was circled around him, and he thought, "Yeah, checkmate there, checkmate oh, with that gotcha. of what argument." Oh, oh, yeah. And it wasn't checkmate then, and it isn't now, because it turns out you do have to pay a council raise. Yes, you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Out, you're a precedent to prove that. <laughs> you, your name out, is a precedent to prove that. And it turns out you you can't sit down in a van by the river <laughs> in a singlet and induct sheriffs on Facebook and tell them to go and arrest a premier of the state. Allegedly. Allegedly. And when you try to, it, it ends with a familiar cry and a forceful arrest amid shrieks of, no, no, ah! Ah, so very, very funny stuff. Just beautiful to see the glooster, the snapping turtle. Uh, just, well, we didn't see him in handcuffs. <laughs> the, the film stopped just before that beautiful moment it took did, place, it did, but it was yeah. a lovely thing, a beautiful thing, and we'll pop that up on the, uh, on the ship posting site for anyone who hasn't seen it. I think most people have. Most people may have, yes, but it is quite a story. It is fantastic. And that ends this week's Soft Sits and the Man with the scoreboard reading Soft Sits Zero, the Man Two. And that's yeah. only because the turtle is a fat bastard who'll take up two seats in the <laughs> cop car. My God, that, that is not body positive and neither of us are body negative. We are both in a very bad BMI. Look, I'm just hey. really stoked that Wayne Glue got arrested because at the end of the day, the amount of these motherfuckers who get away with saying whatever the goddamn shit they want and yeah. they just sit around. I'm sorry, if you... Try to get people to kidnap 
a fucking premier and arrest them. No, like you've got to draw the line somewhere. This is parenting 101. Allegedly breaking a law there. Yes. Yeah. And from the Softset Crazies, we need to take you to the Softset Crazies in Canberra. They've teamed up with the cure line pedophile obsessives, anti-vaxxers and protesters. Don't know what they're protesting about. Freedom and something, something. Ah. In our deeper dive, that's not called a deeper dive, but something no, else not. that we haven't thought of yet. Haven't in thought of yet. a deeper dive that isn't that's called not, that. It's not called that. It's not called that. It has been a huge week for cookers in Canberra with week two of the Freedom Convoy with no trucks, which has been termed as Dumbanats on Twitter, as, you know, Summonats is held in the park they decided to occupy. I like is, it. For those playing at home, Exhibition Park in Canberra, otherwise known as Epic. Didn't know it existed until now, but now mm -hmm. it's burned into my brain. The cookers called it Operation Sovereign Storm, which is a nod Ooh. to their obsession with sovereignty and a splash of QAnon. And yeah. it also sounds cool. Like, I'm not going to be weird about this. That does sound cool. If I was a part of that, I would probably die for it. Look, to be fair, it does sound cool to dumbanat. The week started off as it left off, and if you aren't up to date, listen to last week's episode to get the backstory on the pandemic pilgrimage to Parliament, because we're going to basically pick up where we left off, which is on the Sunday. And this is the Diary of Dumbanats. Diary of Dumbanats. I love it. It's got a ring to it, doesn't it? So Sunday was a busy day to the cookers who decided they were going to go and hassle politicians, smart, flying into the airport to attend Parliament because it was a sitting week this week. The AFP had other ideas, essentially screening every car going in for proof of flight details and blah, blah, blah. This resulted in an inevitable huge traffic jam with people getting out of their cars and running quite long distances frantically to get their flights with their little mm. rolly baggage behind them, you know, like just shitting themselves. And many people would have missed their flights during this inevitable police operation because, of course, the cops are going to screen people. Fucking lawmakers rocking up to an airport. Oh, no, no, just come through. Or just, just, just do the hangings in an orderly fashion. No, but none of this bred any kind of goodwill in the eyes of the public. Just didn't. Lives during a parasite, Jace, was hassling cars in the line and was utterly surprised to find that an old fella who has been affectionately named Ken Behrens <laughs> thought that the vaccine was pretty good and that he was a bit of a cunt. Well, not just a bit of a cunt, John. Roll gold cut. <laughs> what do you think of what's going on right now, mate? I think it's bloody ridiculous. No common sense at all. I mean, what's vaccinations the only thing saving the population? You reckon vaccinations are saving us? Absolutely. At my age, I need it. Something like you may not. You're a cunt. I'm a what? You're a cunt. Oh, all right. Thank you for that kind uh, word. You might want to put your mask on again. And later in the week, Ken Behrens was actually tracked by a local radio station for an interview, and he was a bit speechless, quite overwhelmed by the whole concept of what was going on, but reinforced his belief that the vaccine had been a great help, and that these people are fucking morons. Or well done, Ken. He didn't say cunts, but he, he meant cunts. Everyone in Canberra wants to buy a beer, of course, and... Inevitably, the cookers protested outside the radio station mm, in response. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, they did. We don't like being mocked because we have thin skin. Cunts. So the Ken Barron's nickname actually comes from a classic mistake from a subtitle captioner in Canberra working on a press conference from the ACT government. And it's like this automated captioning software just mistook Ken Barron's for Ken Barron. And the kid on the job just didn't notice. He was probably punching cones in the corner at the time. And no, now it's a wasn't. thing. 
Uh, okay, uh, no, for defamation no, reasons. No, he, he, he saw, he's, yeah, that's right. Uh, no, he saw it come up and go, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, but it was too late, and it got no, up there, and everyone, who's who's Ken Barron? Who is uh, Ken Barron? Apparently, what he did is he realized later because everyone saw it happen, and he was about to mock the person who was in charge of the subtitle at the time, and then he realized it was him, and he's like, oh, whoops. <laughs> Thank you, Celery Sorbet, for that though. It's good, good, good link. It was just prior to an a, a announcement uh, from the uh, chief minister, isn't it? Yeah, chief minister, as chief, the, the senior politician in uh, the Australian capital territory. So a lot of people were watching it as it sort of scrolled by and it became a, a running joke, and it still is. It's now, very funny. On the day after Ken Barron. <laughs> um, who was uh, was tracked down by the radio station? I think it was Mix FM. I gave them a bell because I knew uh, oh, that really? they had cook- they had cookers outside, and uh, there was a small contingent of police officers. I've been watching it live, and look, I'd have to say that the, the radio station was a little bit nervous, uh, and yeah, they didn't really? really want to buy into it too much, uh, and uh, and so I just sort of got this sense that. You know, what I'd heard was that the radio station had been blockaded. Oh, wow. And that, okay. that really wasn't the case. You no. had about a dozen cookers, yeah, a dozen cookers shouting yeah. at a building until yeah. the police came along and then they shouted at police. That's yeah, all that that's was better, going yeah. on there. I've told you how I feel about buildings. You know who they house. <laughs> that's right. You know who's inside there. Oh, that's right. That's right. Any building, you don't know which one, but they're somewhere. Yeah, but they put the wind up. It, it was enough to put the wind up the radio station. Yeah, and look, it's enough to put the wind up anyone. Like, you know, we'll talk about the thing later on with the wind up people. I mean, like, they, they put the wind up people. That's their thing. And they're 4chan marches. So, look, the reason why they were doing this is because the next day was a sitting day, so everyone's flying to Canberra, and, of course... The cookers went to hassle parliamentarians entering the building. Pretty standard stuff. I think Barnaby Joyce walked through them, but like with like a b- bunch of stormtroopers on either side. But realistically, the whole thing was to just show their presence at the very early part of this elongated occupation of a, of a protest. But despite restrictions on entry into Parliament House for essential meetings only due to COVID-19, crackers Craig Kelly on yeah, the Monday on effortlessly... Brought through a group of well-known anti-vaxxers into the reps entrance, which I've been into, and it is a fucking playground. You can go anywhere you want to and take the absolute piss. It gives them a terrifying level of access to Parliament House, but apparently there was a bit of a bit of an oversight going on. And the irony of anti-vaxxers there, who are there to protest vaccine mandates while being ushered into Parliament House, is just not lost on them. Why are you there? If you can get into Parliament House, which is having vaccine mandates for access and you can walk straight in, <laughs> maybe your cause doesn't exist. But the thing is, is that it's also not beyond reasonable doubt that the reason they did get in is, surprise, surprise, all these motherfuckers are actually Ooh. vaccinated. Could be. Could be. Could yeah, be. could be. In the throng was John Lana, the deputy mayor of Tumut Council, an ex-paramedic who took the government to court on vaccine mandates and Should lost come. Big style. Big time. He has been seen wearing his paramedic hat for attention and often sporting a stethoscope. And these people love playing dress-up. You know, the other master of the dress-up is Graham Hood, the ex-Qantas pilot who claims that he was taken out of the sky by vaccine mandates. He's a huge god bother and clearly wants to be a cult leader. Monica Smith accelerated his rise, but in Canberra he has really captured hearts and minds and oh, yeah. souls. He's creepy as fuck cultists. So much god. Cindy Roberts was signed in, one of the few prominent actors involved in the old Parliament House occupation over the new year where the actual building was set on fire. Uh, and she was she actually had a live going where she was cackling yeah. with laughter while the yeah, whole was, parliament yeah. house burnt. 
Hey, we did it. Yeah, so he said, why not come into the new parliament? She's believed to have been involved in the blazes. She's not She's not actually involved in setting it. She hasn't been charged, but she certainly was triumphal about yeah. the fire itself. She's not the sort of person that you'd want in the parliament because no. she'd also been yelling out that Scotty Morrison needed a hanging. Yeah. The gallows, the gallows, the gallows. The gallows, the gallows. The gallows. yeah, yeah. Yeah, her Indigenous mate Glenda was also invited in for a look around the place. There were a few others, Joel. There was. There was, there was some familiar names. Tony Nikolic, the AFL oh. solicitor. Not the football code. No, not, not the, the football. Fo- no, the law firm. Uh, easy mistake. There's also another law firm named AFL Solicitors. I won't go into that, but it's quite something. They're ASX listed and it's fucking crazy. Also, the Aussie fucking Cossack. Yeah, he didn't go through with the main crowd. He, he was just, you know, but no, he, he, he didn't go through and get signed up. He must have got signed up a bit earlier because he was just there in the, oh, in the office. Wow, yeah. Really? So he got like. Pre-signed in, maybe one of those other <laughs> creepers, fucking Christians. Got the access all areas there, the Cossack. Good lord, he's Still like wandering around, knocking on Skymo's door. Yeah. I mean, look, look, he's a he's a Russian operative. I mean, like yeah. this is his own imagination. He's not really self-confessed, not, self-confessed, and probably self-designated because apparently the Russians don't actually care about him at all. But let's face it, he sees Australia as an enemy state. His words, not mine, and creates civil unrest to destabilize our democracy as a hobby. Like, what is with this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it is his sort of, you know, it is his fun little thing. Some people do trains. He's <laughs> you know, just destabilising out of I like Lego. I like destabilising democracy. It's just tit for tat. I don't want to go too far ahead in the diary here, but afterwards... Uh, when Hoodie was trying to explain why he came to a, a deal that he hadn't raised with anybody besides this this gaggle of people that got into Kelly's office, he likened it, you know, the signing in process to entering a sewer. Oh, a bit much. Bit it's much. Just, there's a metal detector. Do you get metal detected shit. going into a sewer? I haven't been to a sewer. Is that a, is that a thing? <laughs> Yeah, They're all really friendly. I can say this from vast experience. They are lovely there and they let you they in and then people. you run down and then you line up for two hours to get a coffee at Aussies. Anyway, I'm not going to go too far into the experience of the website. Yeah, but I mean, cook, when cookers have to show their licenses and stuff like They get that, very it, upset. It, it, really, it really just rattles their brains. Well, apparently Hoodie actually did have some issues providing ID. But yeah, I initially, don't really, yeah. I don't know the story, but yeah. <laughs> just thought, hey, people will know because I've got writing on my Qantas shirt. People yeah. know who I am. My name's yeah. on the back. No, if you just look over there. You, not just... going to get you through there, Hoodie. Go back what and a... get your driver's license, you dumb fucking cunt. Guys are fucking moron. So they had to wear masks, which made some quite funny photos of them looking all pissed off and breathing in, what, brainworms, microplastics, graphene oxide, <laughs> yeah, whatever they made up on the fucking day. It was reported <laughs> the group were closely followed by security and police from Josh Butler on Twitter, but it's still astounding they were allowed in the building at all. I mean, like I said, like I know the rep's entrance, it's a playground. We used to run to all these like press conferences and shit and just stand in and see what happened. I saw Kevin Rudd cry from like two meters away. It's it's that it, once you're in, you're in. But let's face it, giving power to insane people like this, just unfettered access to Parliament House, yeah. Craig Kelly needs to stop being an MP. George Christensen needs to stop Won't being be an MP. This is an actual security Won't be issue. Long. But 
what they really went in there for is not only for the photo opportunities, which of course there were many, but to hand Scott Morrison a list of signed demands. Mm. And they're not going to hand Scott Morrison shit. But the inflated sense of self-importance was just off the charts here. They popped it into his inbox, and after a few photos, they went back to celebrate this huge victory. And of course, on the stupid document, Cindy threw a thumbprint on there because that's what sobsits do. They use thumbprints as signatures because somehow that makes the Queen happy. I don't fuck you. Yeah, look, I, I did notice the uh, the letter of demands. Uh, yeah. And one of the demands involved uh, what well, was uh, concerned at childhood COVID vaccination. Yeah, childhood uh, COVID vaccination requires parental consent. Mm. So what they're actually asking for in that letter of demands is overturning that, yep. which would in itself require some form of mandate. It would. It would be a little bit of fascism for a little bit of a fascist movement. Let's face it. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, they're mm. hiding in plain sight here. So Kelly later admitted that he was providing $10,000 for a sound system for future rallies, Ooh. including this one, and they would be giving free food to the protesters. <laughs> and that is the quiet part out loud, because if not at all for ages, we've reported on this show many times, somewhat speculatively, but it's that obvious, like, open secret. But as per usual, these fucking morons managed to live stream him saying it to protesters <laughs> at the camp. Stop live streaming your private conversations. I Actually, no, keep, just keep doing because it's great. It's so good for everyone watching. It's, it's hilarious. You fucking morons. So look, this came on the back of a widespread agreement that it would not be a political rally. So you can see where this is sort of going. It's mm-hmm. not going to be a political rally. Uh, asterisk. So Ironbark Thunderbolt fucked the GoFundMe. The entire fundraising structure just eroded because they have no organization. So most of the donations went to individuals, not groups. And these people, they just had to sell out very quickly because what, like Michael Gray Griffith is actually going to put the like, what, like the 15 odd thousand dollars he grifted into like some sort of mutual fund. Fuck off. It was for petrol money and food. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He likes a lot of Hungry Jacks. Exactly. And, you know, all the chicks he picks up when he's at the camp, but he's got to buy him drinks, right? So like, I mean, (laughs) all week. People have been just taking donations from various influencers and then keeping incredibly quiet on where it was spent, how it was spent, if at all, because it's a fucking grift. It's always the grift. Always the grift, yeah. El Salzone tried to do a little bit of a cheeky one and hers got deleted and she was so bitter about it. Let's face it, she's one of the biggest grifters of all and we'll talk about her more later. What a piece of shit. So the sedition vibes were very strong on this Monday. It was really early in the piece with teeny tiny Malcolm Roberts, the jockey of Parliament, trying to, you know, ride the horse and tell the crowd in a very (laughs) boring way how to get change in Parliament. Oh, you have to petition and you have to do this, you have to do that. Boring. Boring. Get off the stage, you fucking loser. (laughs) What's your hanging policy, dickhead? So this is the issue. One Nation, as usual, did not bother to prepare an adequate hanging policy and got booze and derision. Mate. Oh, no. Where's your hanging policy? Where where is it? What what, what are you doing? (laughs) Kangaguru, the acid-filled freak running right-hand to Saddam Hussein cosplayer and wannabe dictator Ricardo Bozzi, took the mic and openly discussed flattening part with missiles, equated it to uh, 9-11, and was fantasizing about the murder of public officials. And that Hooray! is what the world wants. Fuck yeah! That's Hang giving them all. what they want. Hang them all. Oh, look, I really worry about teeny-weeny Malcolm Roberts because, <laughs> uh, 
look, he spent a lot of time grifting for the for the anti-vax vote, and he just gets mm. no, he just gets pushed out of the way. No love, no love. He's nine hundred mm. years old, so he doesn't have a long time to be sad. But like at the same time, <laughs> it does feel like his legacy is uh, not great. He's second on the ticket. He needs. He needs one nation and basically get about 30% of the first preference Senate vote in Queensland. He's got no, just no. no hope. And then just no. he's been sucking up to anti-vaxxers for the best part of for a year and a half. It's very and then embarrassing. they just push him out of the road. It's very sad. Poor the thing is, you can go on the bad side of anti-vaxxers by misstepping in the smallest of ways. So after this, Graham Hood, otherwise known as Hoodie, Hoodie, took the mic and tried to calm the crowd down from their frenzy of bloodlust and violent ideation. But what really happened here was it established clearly the Canberra convoy was not a united front, but it is two camps. The one with an extensive hanging policy and the one with a much more limited hanging policy. Not quite so much hanging. Just less. Still hanging. Nuremberg (laughs) 2.0 is a a bipartisan thing. Just less, just less. So you got the moderates and the militants, right? And the conversation from the militants was fairly straightforward. You take over parliament, you install Ricardo Bozzi as dictator, and you hang the pedophiles, which is everyone you disagree with. This was never about vaccine mandates. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. In your own homes. And this, (laughs) but it was always about a coup. I mean, like, but the thing is, is that like a coup takes thinking, you know? Well, it it takes a bit of action. It takes a lot of organisation. It's almost always the military that does it because when it comes down to a coup, you need to make sure the opposition is limited and you also need to make sure you have strategies. Strategies. Cookers don't have strategies. No strategies. How could they storm the nation's capital and seize government when they don't have any sense of strategic deployment? They're just a bunch of random cookers, half of them up to their dicks in acid, just wandering around thinking this is the greatest party since fucking Earth Vibes 2002. Like, fuck off. Come on, man. You're not a bush doof. This is a coup. Draw a blueprint, you fucking idiots. Anyway, so that night, expected, as usual, paranoia and violence was just steeped through the campsite. While most people mm. off their heads just dancing and probably rooting in puddles of piss, as you said, on the... on the, on the <laughs> And a few and a few jobbies bobbing about in there. Yeah, it was just disgusting. A few cooker influencers, who I won't name, decided that some men with ACT plates on were going around harassing women, you know, hassling them, trying mm. to pick them up. And... This made me think, okay, well, maybe they're going to try and find them and I presume beat them up or at least stop them. But then the story shifted and it became a little more sinister because they were actually looking for kids to interfere with. The, the, the locals were actually preying on the camp that was the looking story. For, for children. That's that the story, that yeah. And I mean, what are you, what are you yeah. doing now? Now you're making a manhunt. So now you have a manhunt of these angry, drunk idiots who are live streaming the entire thing, looking for some random guy to just beat the shit out of, yelling pedophile like yeah, they do at buildings. Mean. I mean, this is exactly how people do. When everyone you disagree with is a pedophile, you can just beat people up and say they're looking for kids. And that was just Monday, Josh. That was just Monday. <laughs> That was Monday was a big day. I'm not going to lie. Monday is probably one of the bigger days of the week. Tuesday was more of like a two for one Tuesday. It wasn't so bad. I mean, uh. when it comes down to it, Monday was a big day. So the paranoia continued through the camp. And Tony, otherwise known as Bro on the Go, and if you know him, you know him. If you don't, don't worry. He's an awful. He's a very suit gentleman, John. He really Joel. is. He's an awful human being with way too he's, much pelt. He's more otter than man, he by my really reckoning. Is. He's just such a cunt. He's very, he's and very hairy man. And his uh, ex partner and uh, child don't like him much. Anyway, he claims that his wallet was stolen from his car with $3,000 in it. Okay, cool. You know, 
fair enough. Either the camp's full of thieves or you're a liar. Whatever. But the cracks were falling between the camps. The one thing that Michael Sims has ever said that is in any way, shape, or form listening to, which is, there is one group here to end mandates, another group here to arrest politicians and put in new ones, and the third group that don't want government at all. And I'm going to thank Soz149 for that one. Happy birthday again. That was a great quote. Michael Sims is a fucking right. idiot. But that is exactly what was going on. That's about right. It's yeah, exactly what's going on. It, it was another day of endless walking and protesting and shouting at buildings with cookers coming into contact with a refugee protesting Canberra. You know, Uh-oh. another thing they're interfering with that's been like planned way longer than they have. And thankfully it didn't get weird. And so apparently, to their credit, some of the cookers got blue-pilled by refugee advocates who had a chat with them and they were sort of proudly exclaiming how, oh, I've never really been to a protest before and started actually getting on board with the refugee <laughs> course i mean <laughs> fuck man maybe they'll actually turn up to a refugee protest next time they'll be annoyed by the numbers though because not 50 million people there but let's face it i'm pretty glad that ricardo bozzi didn't swing by though because as much yeah. as he loves multicultural australian he likes multicultural australian that he likes so italians are fine he's one of them but the muslims not so much he not says so much. that quite so a bit really really loud when it comes to muslims he doesn't hold back a lot so the day was yet another long day of walking and playing dress up lots of random camera implying military service with not much to back it up. Lots of pointless high vis. And we're so used to this since the CFMEU protest where they raided Kmart and everyone became a fucking tradie. I mean, there's a lot of people holding these, like, you know, phone holders, the gimbals, and wearing a vest that says media, just scrawled on the back in marker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's press credentials. Just scrawled on the back. You, you, you come this way, sir. It's You're the law of attraction. Mm. If you if you will it, it will come. You're not a journalist, mate. You're not Pulitzer Prize material. You're an asshole with a phone who's just trying to pick up chicks at a weird rally. So I'll give credit to Twitter account Great Gas Scam. They reported that protesters' cars were being covered in tuna by angry locals in Glebe Park while the ferals were yelling at Parliament House. So while all this was happening, apparently a few locals were smearing tuna on the cars of cookers while they were out fighting the man, which I <laughs> strongly appreciate. Which I do love. I love the sound of that. Uh, look, on Wednesday, Joel, where were we? Wednesday, big day Wednesday, wasn't it? Big day for Every the day nation, is a big really. day. Yeah. It was actually a big day for the nation. It was one of those like moments we weren't allowed to enjoy because those motherfuckers have to own everything. You know, Grace Tame and Brittany Higgins, they they're, they're fronting the National Press Club, which is a big fucking deal. If I did that, you would not be able to see my hands because they'd be shaking so fast. But Grace Tame has absolutely nailed just being a fucking advocate. She's known to be a survivor of child sex abuse. Sure, a survivor of child sex abuse in Tasmania. That's correct. Yeah. So you would think the cookers would appreciate her story. But mm. they hate feminism and they hate women and they hate lefties. So a small few of them, to be fair, but a few of them Only a few. just went to yell at the building. Yeah, you but know. it was a building, you see. Yeah, so that's where it, that's that's that's, yeah, it's fucking disgusting. I mean, it's charming stuff from, you know, very fine people going to yell at those who have had child sex abuse in their past. Great. So hump day being Wednesday was a day of rest for the cookers. It's when the Sabbath really should have been placed. And generally speaking, it's just one of those times where people recoup and they, they get their, their, their energy back. Ricardo Bosi gave a pep talk in the morning about hanging pedophiles and taking over government, which honestly mm. is a broken record at this point. He claimed the AEC was planning to use Dominion voting system machines? No. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Because that's, you know, we don't, we use pencil and paper, you fucking moron. Absolutely. We don't have those little scribble things. We have preferential voting, you fucking idiot. But basically, look, you know, it's it's a Trump it's a Trump line, the big lie election fraud claim. So it's easily yeah. marketable. And this guy is just a fucking salesman. So let's face it, it's exactly what he's doing. There are no plans. 
Just for clarity, there are no plans for the AEC to use Dominion vote counters or any other ones except for people in rooms with scrutineers yelling at them and giving them COVID. They have to make this clear over and over again on Twitter. Lots of walking and yelling at buildings, but I just did not see much to report here. They would be tired, to be fair. You'd want to sit back and have a drink. The highlight of the day was probably the fact that Monica Smith announced her decision to come to Canberra, but it wasn't a highlight because no one fucking cares. She's yesterday's no, news. That's the thing. Meryl Dory, she's coming to the Vax bus. Nobody cares. You're <laughs> old news. You aren't trying to overthrow the government. You're just whinging about vaccines. You don't have yeah. a strong hanging policy and no one cares about you anymore. Yes, and as previously mentioned, they were meant to vacate these horrible people. Uh, they were meant to vacate the Epic Centre for the Lifeline Book Fair. And uh, when it came around to Thursday, they just uh, simply refused to do so. Yep. Often laughing about how the book fair didn't matter. You know, this is a, this is a fundraiser for a group of volunteers who prevent Suicide. suicide. I mean, come nah, on. Nah, but that didn't matter. Nah. And they don't care about it at Not all. Not at all. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, there's your freedom movement right Absolutely. There. And it's Cafe Locked Out were probably the main culprits on this, but they were literally laughing at the idea they'd sabotage this event. So Thursday, this is a brief one because it's a meaningless day. Everyone's tired. They've had their time. The piss up just continues because the Aussie Cossack has arrived with a truck full of Heineken and Aussie Cossack t-shirts. He's a self-promoter of like high class. And thanks yes. to at Smith unfollow for that because that is an interesting insight lots of drum beats for getting people to join up you know they've got to get people in drums. for saturday love the drums it's all about saturday they're going to take parliament back lots of warlike rhetoric all that like weird bozy shit the pedophile hang in, hang in, hang in. stuff blah 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 but the lifeline book fair despite all of this is set to go ahead on friday despite being under immense pressure from the presence of these cookers i mean it's a it's a tricky well, situation. Yeah, we all know what happened there. Yeah, well. So Friday, Joel. Yeah. Friday, the calm before the storm. It's a big day, but a short day. A shitload of cards are on the way from all over the place. I'm talking like from northern Queensland to fucking down south. I mean, like, it's it's crazy. A lot of Melbourne cookers. A lot of Melbourne Victorian cookers, yeah. The amount of Queenslanders was insane. And the call went out for everyone to turn up. I mean, everyone. Monica Smith really pulled in once she realized that Brisbane was going to be a complete fizzer and no one's going to turn up. To get her, you know, crowd of weirdos. God made it a fizzer, Joel. God made it a fizzer, <laughs> yeah. so she would go to Canberra. Exactly. Don't you yeah. listen? No, that's exactly what she said. She said that God fucking sabotaged your event so she'd go to Canberra. I love that so much. This movement fucking sucks so much, but it's such good material. And Nazis like Jazz Sibi, who is a genuinely terrible person, just insisted Awful. people turn up to the cause. Who are you insisting to turn up to the cause? More Nazis! That's yeah. your network! Oh, people, people, and people who like the sound of Nazis. Yes, yeah. exactly. People who tolerate Nazis. Oh, what's that? The entire freedom movement? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that's you. So, Tony, we've mentioned it before, a real piece of shit, the hairiest man on the planet. God, that pelt. Oh, yeah. He suggests that groups of bikies are on their way down in this weird sort of vague threat to nobody in particular. Just like, oh, <laughs> if you don't like us, well, the Hells Angels will fuck with you. Well, the Hells Angel did turn up, which is charming. but In very, very small numbers. It oh, must yeah, be oh yeah, of course. But the thing is, while this tension rises, there's just hippies that are just taking ketamine and partying the entire time. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not all political. Some of it's just a big, weird bush doof with no music. So logistics are fractured and clueless cookers come from all over just to descend on Canberra and take up residence on this epic. Campground. The gates are closed due to reaching capacity, but the gates are then opened by cookers 
Yeah, yeah. And the Open cops them. just set aside and capacity expanded. What what were they do? They pushed over the fences to the Lifeline book fair and just occupied their space. That's what the fritter yeah. movement is like. I mean, like yeah. the farmer's market was also cancelled. The locals are fucking pissed. But the thing is, is like they just encroach on space unapologetically and it's just the MO. People are so angry at the fact the farmer's produce is gone because like they have to throw all this stuff in the bin. Remember how all these people yapped? I talked about earlier. They all, for the farmers, I just want real milk that tastes like real milk. Okay, well stop sabotaging their events, you fucking mutants. Anyway, getting carried away. Peacemakers took over the traffic control duties, which is embarrassing because they are completely unqualified to do so. If you saw any of the footage, these like 20 year olds in yellow vested peacemakers on the back, vaguely directing cars in places they don't understand. And there's cars lined up for miles. But the vibes are strong and that's what matters. Booze is flowing and tomorrow, Saturday is going to be a big day because they're going to take day. over the government. Going to need going to yeah. need a lot of rope. Going to need Coup a lot of data. rope. Coup d'etat. The day part it's is actually... Get down a Bunnings. Coup day. Get some rope. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. But there was no rope needed. This is this is Saturday. Oh. This is Saturday. It's boring. It's boring. This is shit day. Like Kelly's big, nice stage with the huge speakers was clearly run by the work experience kid who had the mic gain turned up so fucking loud. It just was awful. All this gear <laughs> and no idea. I saw the size of those speakers turned the gain down turn the volume up you will not catch that kind of amateurism on this podcast dear listeners a lot of work goes into this join the patreon and while we shouldn't wish for an insurrection it would have been great content for all the inciting rhetoric during the week and plans to storm the building a small line of people yelled at cops at parliament house you know pedophile protectors blah 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 and while most people just baked in the sun listening to the usual shit about kids and vaccines in front of a giant stage that craig kelly paid for with a few sob sit rubbish quotes thrown in there just to make them feel lynn bennett's was on there and she'd have been like oh you can be all sheriffs tomorrow if you just give me 10 bucks i was so <laughs> bored watching this i went in and out of it i just don't care it was so boring so boring so boring i was waiting for the whole kickoff where they all like storm the parliament and it just refused to be interesting it's like just nothing happened like, I mean, that, 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 this is this is just a thing with them joel i mean basically when you know bozzy said uh, we got 1.3 million 1.4 million cars yeah so there's your 5 million bozzy yeah where's the fucking coup d'etat man where's the fucking mass murder where's the action where's the fucking hangings man give me the juice Bozy. give me the juice you are a fucking coward you're a squib (laughs) every time and and they're all the the same you know every time they get a decent number we'll talk about numbers soon every time they get you know what they perceive to be their objectives so they can go and do these things they don't do them never do it there's no fun in this crowd there's no action no action nothing they're fucking spineless pieces of shit and look it just like this entire thing just reminds me of that thing where like you know because there's been protest every weekend for god knows how long but you know when you get like an airbnb with some mates and you go like in the middle of nowhere and you're just drinking the same beers from the same case with the same people that live like 20 minutes near you Mm. but it's a road trip it's so exciting but realistically you're just drinking with the same people doing the same fucking thing (laughs) just on the road that's Canberra for you it's a road trip for people who just basically just are carbon copies of each other fucking boring but the thing which was interesting about Saturday is the police presence was so low the visible police presence was so low one thing that stood out was a few well placed LRAD devices LRAD yeah LRAD is a long range acoustic device and the AFP were 
rocking an Asentech LRAD 500X, which is capable of throwing a narrow beam of very loud sound, oh, yeah. 149 decibels across two kilometres. Yep. 149 decibels, just a bit above the roar of a jet engine. Yeah, yeah. Um, brutal stuff considering the pain threshold is around 100, 120 to 140 decibels, and after that it gets real bad. People start wandering around just really in a bad way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Boys, not bleeding from the ears, but just completely, you know, just sort of knocked around by. It's almost like a cushion. Yeah, it's not, a, it's know, not it's, good. It, it's, it's like sitting behind a, a – it's like sitting beside a jet as it takes off. And, you know, I don't do that very often, and I plan to never do it ever. So. No, it it would be really bad. It would be. You know, they, they say those up close can just basically hit the deck from it all, from sort of almost like a concussion from the sound. And those further away just wander around for the next 15 minutes wondering, you know, what their names are. Yeah. You know, just get completely fucking destroyed by it. Yeah, that's exactly it. So I, I can see why they iron them out, but they didn't have to use them. But the thing that's really funny is, see, cookers thought they were microbe devices and reported <laughs> symptoms of radiation poisoning, which, yeah, I don't know, yeah. strangely enough, happened to also be the symptoms of radiation from the sun. I thought you uh, liked talk, vitamin D, you fucking weirdos. Talk to Pete about that. It's ridiculous. Oh. Mate, it was sunburn, dry lips, blisters. Yeah, that's standing in the sun, morons, but everything has to be a fucking conspiracy, including sunburn. I mean, these fucking just, <laughs> oh my God. A lot of them are your ex-friends and they're ex for a reason. So it is apparently better to get back on the campsite at this point because the Aussie Cossack is there once again, sowing the seeds of loyalty toward him and chaos amongst him, this time with several slabs of VB for the thirsty punters. Oh, look, I, I, I do enjoy I do enjoy his choice of beer there. He is such got the a old Victor Bravos out. I mean, it's just, it's just so painful. Stop ruining everything for everyone, you little shit stirrer. That, that being fair, if I was there, I'd be stoked that he gave me a VB, even if it was warm. So, well, it was a, it was a well-behaved crowd. They went to yell at clouds and call it a day. And I'm half impressed, but I'm half disappointed. And I am absolutely 100% bored. Bored. Mm. Boring. Make it fun. Be cool. So, while Saturday went fairly well for the cookers. Do as you say you're going to do, you know? Exactly. Where's my coup? I was fucking hanging out for it. And you Where's assholes the fucking coup? Went back to drink Cossack beer. I mean, piss off. So, while Saturday went fairly well for the cookers... Who kept in their lane and didn't storm Parliament House, boring. Locals are jack of their needy, uninvited guests and just want them gone. So thanks to mm-hmm. Kate for sending me this because the Sunday Canberra Times front page just simply said in large text, you've had your say, now go home. It's time for you to pack up and move out. 100%. Fuck off. I've had anecdotal reports of people in stores being assaulted due to cookers overstepping boundaries. Oh, so many. Including so many. a serious fall from a 65-year-old woman being pushed over by a cooker lurking in the back room of a store. And I'm keeping vague because it's very anecdotal. Another okay. example I heard was that they attended the fucking trots at the nearby racetrack, which is just next to Epic. And they yeah, were just right next door. bashing people wearing masks. My mate's uncle had his nose broken in the toilets by cookers who singled him out for wearing a mask and started to beat him up in a fucking toilet. Now, I'm going to clarify once again, this is anecdotal stuff, but I believe it's legit from good people. Yeah, we'll get back on that one next week. It seems very, very serious. So, yeah, let's get some confirmation uh, on that, job because look, those people responsible for that, they need to be charged with serious criminal the, offences. He, the, the, the individual that I'm speaking of who was beaten up in the toilet left the scene without police intervention, yeah. which is a real fucking shame because they should be beating consequences. Yeah. They absolutely should. But look, tensions continue. As they make it clear, they do not plan to vacate the campsite 
by the deadline of Sunday afternoon, which is unfolding as we speak. It is Sunday afternoon right now. Yes, uh, look, Joel, it was uh, you know, all, all going to happen on the, on the Saturday night. A, a group of them sort of gathered conspiratorially and decided they were just going to close yeah. uh, Epic where they were, not no one in, no one out. And you think, that, look, that's actually deprivation of liberty you know, <laughs> yeah. a, a, across several thousand Wayne people. Wayne Glue just got done for inciting that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you watch the turtle? Don't have you been watching the turtle? You've got to watch the turtle. Yes, uh, it, was, it, it was very strange. These guys have absolutely no idea of boundaries. Yeah, they're fucking Nothing. cooked in their uh, head. Criminal. And we're talking about criminal and legal boundaries. Yeah. So that was one of the things. And right now, as we speak, they're, you know, trying to <laughs> get themselves in a block of land. The van down by the river. They really are. Um, They'd be lucky to but, have one. Uh, it just seems like the whole thing is sort of dissembling. If you had any sense, if uh, I, I, honestly, if you had any sense, you would not be there in the first place. No, you but fucking if you wouldn't. Did, well, you would have left. Just a semblance, a scintilla, a susson of fucking common sense. You would have said, I'm out of here because yeah. this thing's going going to the shit house uh, real quick. Apparently what's happened as people were leaving is they were being shamed for leaving. Now, that's not saying you can't yeah, I saw leave. That too. No, I actually did see a live where they were just sort of hooting and just yelling at people. heckling people leaving. Because, of course, what like it's, it's, out, it's, it's against their interest. And that is a dangerous thing when the mob, goes against you for leaving an unhealthy unsafe situation some of these cars they were hassling probably had children in them but hey children are human shields keep them around right yeah, fucking yeah, crazy yeah, yeah one of the funny elements of the protest was not what was happening on the ground but online and obviously they're all watching from the comfort of our homes with the live streams and blah 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 but the facebook reporting was so hard to know what was true and what wasn't and there were a few very cheeky bastards in there planting very funny and quite plausible comments on the Convoy Facebook page, some of which went a little bit viral. We got sucked into. Yeah, we did get a little bit sucked in there. They got us a beauty with the shitting in the car boot story, which apparently <laughs> came from the uh, Ospol Nuffy Room on it Facebook. Did, yeah. Yeah, they got us good. In our defence, it was quite plausible. But this is what I love about it. You know, it's a bit of satire. They're, yeah. they're actually mocking these fuckers. You yeah, know? exactly. This is what we uh, do. But yeah, it's, this is our niche. But, <laughs> yeah, um, get but, up our but, but they are welcome to join us because we consider the value of mockery to be highly valuable with these fuck knuckles. Very much so. But not all the po- troll posts were wrong. One post that claimed the camp was full of pink eye and toe fungus was clearly a bit of a troll account. But <laughs> but this video shows that they're they're actually. Uh, it was pink eye. Yeah. You know, it was some kind yeah. of wild eye bacteria floating around the camp. What do you mean? I'm not upset. I'm having a great time. I just want to get my fucking makeup on my fucking shit little face and then walk the fuck out there and join the party. But I can't because of this fucking bullshit. What do you mean? You know that movie, fucking um, scary movie? Cindy, the TV is leaking. My eyes are the fucking TV, dude. My eyes are leaking. Something is obviously wrong and I don't know what it is. No, I don't mean like I'm sad. Like I think if, 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 I don't know, I've got like makeup in there or something. I don't know what the fuck. Is this pink eye? Is this what pink eye is? I don't fucking know what's happening. Send help. Okay, see ya. Cookers left to piss and shit everywhere without showers. What could possibly go wrong? Sometimes life imitates art. It does. Another questionable claim was one on, on the Convoy Facebook page claiming that someone collapsed after what appeared to be a wasp sting. Pauline Hanson had some of those. Yes, uh, but turned out to be a blow dart. Oh, my God. Containing the Moderna spike vax vaccine. <laughs> Got you, got me in the back of the neck. Uh, it goes on to report that hundreds of thousands had the same problem. So bee stings and 
No, they weren't. Not wasp things. No. No, no. <laughs> we're being inadvertently hit with with uh, trolls with blow darts. Amazing. Blowing the Moderna vaccine into their systems. This is almost certainly a troll post designed to make cookers look stupid, but the issue is the cookers are stupid, delusional and paranoid. This isn't even crazy by their standards. No, it's ridiculous. Imagine some guy in a suit in a, like a bush just like blow darting people in the neck. Like, what? <laughs> what? No. Like, nothing about that makes any sense. I'm surprised we didn't get the COVID mist going there. But anyway. Yeah, 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 that's it. To be honest, it would have been so much easier than me to wait in line for four hours for a vaccine. I could just go to a cooker protest to get blow darted in the neck. <laughs> Seems pretty convenient to get a, a bit of a booster. But look, this mm. is all bullshit. And we don't know for sure, but Twitter has absolutely lit up with people laughing at these fake cooker accounts if things didn't happen. And look, Bring I'm, it on. I'm a it. part of it. I'm a part of it because it is very funny. And some of it was easy to debunk once I realized the like the boot in the car shitting thing was a bit of an issue. I looked into a few of these things and let's face it, so many of them fell apart straight away. But some of the screen caps omitted details, which meant you had to kind of take it all on face value because you can't look any further. And this is a little bit ironic considering it's the anti-vaxxers who are meant to be the gullible ones, but it has made watching this ridiculous shit show a lot more fun because these these posts are very funny. <laughs> I love And now to the numbers, Joe. Yeah, the fucking numbers. There's always the numbers. And how many was it? My guess was 35k i'm on the record with that and i'm sticking with it i reckon that's the one we uh, had only three arrests on the saturday one okay. of them was the cossex truck driver who, who got his uh, he's got his uh, window broken in and a good gob full of uh, of uh, pepper spray just because he was driving his truck in front of police and they were telling him to stop yeah oh. What's the world coming to? I know it's ridiculous. Another, another two were, were found for breaching the police. One got got really he got a big full body tackle to the ground oh, outside really? the parliament. Yeah, can't it was breach nice. that piece. It was nice to see. There's some gravel rash. She's got some gravel rash right there. Uh, but the thing is, he'll get so well treated back at the fucking watch house anyway. So. Bosey was calling for five million. Five million, yeah, 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 that's what he said. That was five, yeah, five, to, five to overthrow. Came short, very sad. Monica Smith said one million, but then revised that yeah. upwards. Ill thought out Die, to well, three million. After getting all three million pumped up on Red Cordial and Christian Rock on her way down in her fucking VW <laughs> from Brisbane, you know, oh, I'm starting to feel it, mate. I'm starting to feel it <laughs> in the in the, the Vega. Oh yeah. fuck yeah. El Salzone is a huge grifter. If you know her, you know her. She hawks clear phones. She's trying to start a commune, and it just seems like there's no receipts for the money. But she claimed there was 150 kilometers of gridlock out of Sydney, that seven out of 10 cars were from Queensland, 700,000 in one camp, one of four, which implies millions. I saw some of that, yeah. And it was going to get to six billion. Yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot. She also bizarrely mentioned that the McDonald's opposite the camp was flying the Australian flag upside down. Okay, cool. Distress. Not not enough special sauce. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, the Big Macs are not true to form. Thank you, Nevermore, (laughs) on Twitter for that uh, because that really is one of my favourite parts. And I don't check El Salzone's Facebook often because she gives me herpes. Now, listeners, uh, here at the Conditional Release Program, we would never lie to you about oh. these sorts of numbers. It's difficult always to try and assess them, but but a number of drone shots sort of give you an indication. That's right. Joel said 35. That's right. And independently, I came up with 40 tops. Yeah. Probably closer, probably closer to 30. So so we, we're both in the same ballpark and we really hadn't discussed this uh, before we started uh, recording today. Uh, in terms of, we both came up with a similar assessment. Yeah, it's about um, that. Now, 35K 
40K. Yeah. You know, I'll even I'll even give you another five. 45. Margin of error. Margin um, of error. If you got 40, 45,000 first preference votes in one single federal electorate of 151, you would still need preferences. To, to win that seat. And so, so that tells you where the numbers are. Yeah, that's the, it. So basically, the, if these people all lived in one of the 151 electorates in, yep. in the Australian, the Commonwealth of Australia, just one, they would still need preferences to win one seat. That's so it. these people are about to get one of the biggest one of the biggest uh, uh, lessons in the iron laws of arithmetic concerning politics. Oh, they're going to get beaten shitless. They are a fucking horrible, dirty little minority. Fringe minority. And Okay, so they always like to say for every one person turning up, there's five at home. Let's say... 10. So let's say 10 people and let's say 50,000 people. You have 500,000 people across Australia. You don't have a Senate seat. You don't have shit. You just are scrambling because even then your vote is split between IMOP and UAP and fucking whoever else shit cunts wind up on the ballot at the time. So don't tell me what a fucking formidable electoral force you are. You are a joke even exponentially higher than numbers that don't even justify your existence. Get the fuck out of here. And today, Sunday cookers are being denied access to a second campground. God, there's been a few floated, but there's one that apparently the cops just saying no because there's no permit. But this is all according to a scintillated tweet. We don't really know what's yeah, happening. We're, we're trying to keep an sure. eye on it, but like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, look, it's it, we're not quite sure. It's an evolving situation. You'd expect a, a number of people to go home. There would have been people who came down from Sydney just for the day, and they would have left mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. You know, so so of that thirty five thousand crowd, uh, it's basically sort of atomizing. You know, before yeah. our very eyes, there's talk of some sort of utopian style micronation establishment in a yeah. in a property, uh, some 30k out of Canberra, and all this kind of nonsense. Nonsense. All these people are great. No, yeah, put give us ten bucks. If everyone gives us ten bucks, yeah, we'll yeah. be able to buy a property today. Like, hello, that's not how property works. Yeah, it's not not really how that's done. So that's uh, whoever's weighed in with the ten bucks there into the bucket. Uh, never see. That gone, again. gone. Yeah, so look, uh, who knows where it's all going to end up, but I suspect that it is disintegrating before their very eyes. All that hope, all of that uh, oh, glory of that was coming their way on Friday has now dissolved into a shit show of fucking deep regret and fucking ugly behaviour. That's it. My hope is that basically the part three of this is a news story and not a, as we like to say, not a deeper dive because I'm done. I'm done with Canberra. I just want the last thing to be the tail end of what happened today and that's it. But let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. It could be a three-parter, but let's hope that we can move on to something more interesting. Yes, look, it has been horrible, but we made it through the week, Joel. That's the most oh, important we did. thing. It was a big week. Big but week. it's not over yet because no. Craggy Pete's had a huge week. Huge a week. hugely sad week. Aww. And here to tell us all about the sadness, Joel in the week. In Pete Evans. And it has been a huge week in Pete Evans with the 
craggy-faced meme machine pumping out 245 huge, or huge, part thereof posts this week. That is a huge week. It's a huge week, but it's not that big of a week for, let's face it, <laughs> a man who literally destroyed his career and most of his life to shitpost. Yep. This is his thing. So while we like to laugh at Pete's doing relevance on a you know weekly basis, Pete's not a clout chaser. No, he's not a cloud chaser at all. He isn't all about the numbers like us cynical old fools. No, he just loves his tribe. Pete changed the one does not simply walk into Mordor meme from Lord of the Rings into one does not simply say thank you without a meme. What the fuck? And attached this heartwarming message. Ah, uh, yes, the message read. I just wish to thank everyone who is on this Telegram page with me. I don't have comments turned on and I do not have a chat page as people start to share porn oh, and hate <laughs> and violent message that crossed the line for me. He's Aww. very anti-violent, Pete. And FYI, I will never message anyone and ask for money or crypto, etc. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. <laughs> there are many fake Pete Evans pages, so always use discernment. And I am only on Telegram current. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and I have a lot more content coming. Prayers, rainbows, hearts. It's his thing. So this was clearly a post where the ping has kicked in. I mean, the timing for him <laughs> turning off comments and the decision in the High Court on Volo versus Nationwide News, which basically left publishers, being anyone who had a comment section, liable for said comment section, is pretty fucking suspect. It was like the same like 48 hours is when he turned it off and deleted all of the threads that had comments. But let's just say it's actually because his followers are hate-filled, insane porn addicts. I mean, maybe <laughs> Graham Hood was in there, like... Like inserting his yeah, two he loves cents. Yeah, loves a bit of porn, does he? Loves a bit of porn. He's, he's on the record. But I digress. Look, Pete wants to say thanks. And that's nice, Pete. That's, yeah. that's really nice. That's, that's nice. But I've always joked, I did it last week, that one day that I hope you're the Matt Damon to my Ben Affleck and simply don't turn up to work one day, you know? <laughs> but it looks like we're stuck with you for a while, yet you're going to keep posting out your champ. You did ruin your life for this fucking career path. Yeah. So, Pete, mate, who are you thinking here? Certainly not Australians. Nah. 245 posts, Pete. And how many about Canberra? How many? None. None? None. Ooh. He doesn't give a fuck about our diggers. We'll call them diggers now because they like that. Our Anzacs, they, they also like that too. Mate, I can't even count the amount of posts about Canada. It's about half of your feed. And as I mentioned, that's a lot. And even New Zealand got a mention. <laughs> that was a share from the famous British racist Tommy Robinson. I mean, oh. Pete, please stop sharing Tommy Robinson content. It's not you good, mate. might need to Google the Nazi again if you're going to keep doing that. Just, <laughs> just tap it into the tap it into the search engine, bro. It's probably still saved there. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, it's, it's history. You know, he probably has to just go any. Oh, oh, and there it, took, it is. And it is exactly what would happen. So, Pete, what's with the lack of love for camera, bro? There is 11.12 million people there, and they're all fighting for freedom, and not even one post about it? This is fucking treason, mate. We should burn your passport. Where is your loyalty? What? The fuck? But maybe it's not us but them. Canberra, those it's dirty Canberra. Ken Barons. Yeah. What did they do to you? They did, hurt him. Did Cam they hurt him. Did Canberra hurt you, Pete? They hurt him. When you're invited down to the nation's capital, did you not get the reverence and respect that you deserved? When the security yeah. guard asked you for ID and you said, you know who I the am, they thought you were yeah, kidding. The impertinence you, of you weren't kidding. And you showed your driver's license like some kind of poor person. And that, <laughs> oh, that that really took the shine off your chakra, didn't it, Pete? And they made you wear shoes. Oh my god, yeah. Pete! What an insult! Shoes. Oh, this is a 
This is a new low. Look, after Pete had his invitation to the Senate revoked, Canberra is clearly a place of deep trauma for him. And we know you, good old pandemic Pete, we know you love the movement. You're not snobbing them. You just don't show up because it hurts too much. And maybe they didn't invite you down this time either, you know, because the movement's kind of moved on from you and you're not relevant anymore. Poor Pete. He's staring at his phone. He's just waiting for it to light up with these pleas for him to come down and save the Republic. Come, come save us, Pete. But no, it didn't happen. The phone laid still, only occasionally beeping with the, albeit important, don't don't get me wrong, news that David Avocado Wolf had posted yet another Let's Go Brandon meme. (laughs) Big, big news, big news, but not enough for Pete. Fuck Pete, look. I don't know. I'm sorry to bring up the trauma, mate. I don't I don't mean to make this hurt for you. I feel like I'm stepping over the line. But they really did not do you right down no. there. They they really because no. every time you're treated like a layman, a fairy dies. It's truly <laughs> a sign of our eroding invitation-based democracy. Pete, yeah. you're a hero. Not the hero they deserve, but the hero they need. And if only they yes. knew that, maybe they would have taken the government over on the weekend. President Pete. Has a ring to it. It does. It does. Fuhrer Evans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Peter Min. <laughs> Paul Pete. <laughs> <laughs> now, I believe Pete's been getting some fan mail, Joel. What's the story there? Yeah, this is a big one that I noticed today and I found it very hard to get past. This is looking like a story for next week because I want to get some eyes and ears on this because it's yeah. a little bit up in the air. Need some confirmation. But it looks like Pete has he sent himself some fan mail. Like, Lonely Pete mm. hasn't been feeling the love yeah. from his tribe recently. Sounds he decided sad. to give himself an early birthday present, I don't know when that is, of made-up adulation from strangers. Now, I'll be the first to admit, <laughs> we don't actually get too many emails for the Conditional Release Program gushing about how great we are. And look, it'd be nice, bit of a cue, be nice, but I don't <laughs> fake them to make myself feel better. I yeah, mean, come I, on. I never do that. I never That's do that. so embarrassing. He posted three letters and they have strikingly similar writing style with some very very clear mistakes made across all three letters that are so synchronous. It's it so looks like it's him, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Defamation. I'm not sure, but it might actually be him. <laughs> look, uh, Pete may indeed be sending himself letters, and uh, we'll look into that. We'll get down to the boys in the lab mm. before making any further comments. We we'll need forensics. We'll get back to our listeners on that. There's a Oof. process, and we must stick to it. Absolutely. It's not beyond the craggy face narcissist to do something like this, and as usual, listeners, we will keep you posted. Of course. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider, and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, and if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Currency Moses with a K. And we've set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily. But promoting a podcast is easier said than done. This was a fun episode. Give us some credit. Share it around. Big Facebook groups to large audiences. Do something for us because we can't do it. It's really cringy when we do it. It's weird. It's like masturbating in front of a mirror. Don't make us masturbate in front of a mirror. Help us out. Please don't make us do that. <laughs> yes, the Patreon is up and running, and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way. Oh, yeah, for as little as five subs a month, you have access to all sorts of bonus content. We did weird things like a, a people's treaty. Look, you'll find out when you pay us. But if you give us enough money, you could actually watch us record the show. And my mate Simon from high school, who I've known since I was like five, is watching Hello, right Simon. now. Hello, Simon. He's, he's, he's just giving us a thumbs up. There you go. If we get to a 1,000 patrons, we'll promise we'll bring 10,000 cookers to your place, rip down your family. 
fence and shit in your garden. <laughs> We're going to call it Camp Patreon. It's for your freedom, mate. So just say thank you and we'll be done with it. It's fine. Well, maybe just, if, just we, say if we don't get to a 1,000 Patreons, we will bring 10,000 cookers to your place, rip down your fence and shit I in your like garden. I like blackmail. So, like, you know, yeah. it's more of a threat, you know. It is, yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we need a 1,000 patrons. And if we don't get them, there's 10,000 on their way. Drop an acid and have a knee tremblers on your front lawn. Great fertiliser, though. Great fertiliser. Uh, so join up. And jo- join up, please, please, please. Don't make us do that at patreon.com slash the conditional release program. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply to inform us of your hanging policy. And that we are on the list. Shit, y'all. We are an insurrection and a trip to Bunnings away from going to a farm up north. A lovely oh, yeah. farm, but too far away. You won't be able to visit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like my, my girlfriend goes into the school. Thanks, listeners. I'll see you next week. See ya. Time. See you next week. It's been Bye. a huge, huge episode. Huge week. Yeah, big one. I'm tired. <laughs>